Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Morning. Janice again, uh, if you didn't catch that. And it's um, just, it was just so rousing and so uplifting during worship time. I know that uh, what we're going to do is we're not just hearing me speak in the next few moments, but what we're going to do is to lean into what God wants to do with us as a church. Amen. Uh, And so as I share, uh, my prayer is that, uh, you know, this is not just words coming through your ears. Uh, It's my joy, my delight to bring this word, this message to you. Because, yeah, then I, you know, go on vacation. I'll send photos uh, of uh, my, my, the beach and the island that I'm going to go to tomorrow. Uh, before I get a tan, uh, you get to uh, see me in this skin color right now. When I come back, maybe I'll be darker. Uh, but uh, it's, it's also partly to bring my mom back. Uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, my mom's been here for the last two months. Um, maybe you've met her. She's a little shy, but she's over there. Okay, you can say hello later. Uh, so it's partly to bring her back so that she won't have to travel alone. So our whole family with the kids, thank you, mom. Uh, our whole family with the kids are going to go back for a week. Um, but in the meantime, yes, uh, stay safe here. Uh, this morning, what we're going to talk about is this topic, which I know is many of our favorites. Okay, waiting. All right. <laughs> Favorite. Uh, why you laugh? Uh, because waiting, we just love to wait, right? A few weeks ago, a bunch of us, we went to East Coast Park for a beach hangout. And uh, after that, we thought it would be nice to just scoot over to McDonald's for dinner. And so some of us, you know, we just took uh, the orders on the machine and uh, our family, I did, I did our order. But I think by the time the meal was over, because it was crowded, it took forever to get the food. By the time almost everyone was done eating, our food hadn't come, right? Our family. And so, thank goodness, so Matt decided to go and check at the counter because they did it on the machine and I think we took a table number. Uh, To find out that there was somehow a glitch in our order, okay, of all uh, the groups in our order and it didn't go through. Okay, machines. And so, you know, uh, that day, I was like, I don't know, should I prefer a physical queue or a machine? Uh, but I must honestly say, in the past few years here in Singapore, I have never been this exposed to this ne- many number of lines everywhere. There's lines queuing for this and this and this. Uh, what? Uh, was that? Is it bakwa? The, the jerk, like the jerky, right? I cannot believe that people would be lining up. Why why you laugh? Did I say it wrong? Bakwa? Why you laugh? Okay. So I, I, yeah, the, the, the thought of queuing up for it and queuing up for a one-ton meet and queuing up, this is, you know, something to get used to. But I don't know if I prefer machines, really, because that day at McDonald's, I did not like machines. Uh, we were hungry. The kids were like getting cranky. Where's my food? Yeah, I just sit down. Okay, I don't know. I mean, it was just horrendous, right? When you're hungry and you're waiting, it's horrible. So, what is one annoying? Yell out to me. What is one annoying situation uh, for you? Waiting. 
maybe three of you. Tell me one. Oh, oh, well, that has ended for you, Fel. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, don't worry. <laughs> she no waiting no more. Okay, okay, that's one. Two more. What's one annoying situation, waiting situation? Okay, no, no, somebody else. <laughs> What's that? Answers, answers to whatever, your questions, your comments, your prayers, right? Uh, great, yeah, answers. What's one more? Waiting for it? You know, can't expect anything from you else besides that, right, Tom? Waiting for Jesus' second coming. Did I hear that right? All right, come on now. Come on, Tom. Keith, you sabo him, is it? <laughs> Here are some like single liners, okay? You may not find them amusing, but laugh anyway. <laughs> I notice people who are late tend to be happier than the ones waiting for them. How many say that's true? Don't you just love it when you've waited for someone for like half an hour and they come like smiling? Hey, hey you didn't buy my food for me, yeah? No, right? You didn't even say sorry for being late. Okay, anyway. All good things come to those who wait and not die before that, right? I thought that was amusing. Sitting and waiting are some of the most miserable things known to men, but women do it more often. <clears throat> not true. Very good. Y'all didn't laugh. Very good, very good. Okay. Because some of the most punctual people I know are women. <clears throat> yeah. I took a course in I said summer. <laughs> Why you know, you know? I took a course in speed waiting. Now I can wait one hour in ten minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's this there's this story of a truck driver who was driving across the country. And he was trying to deliver, uh, you know, a, a dispatch, uh, a shipment. And he came across a Burger King and decided he wanted to stop over. And so he bought his meal. He sat down. And he realized as he started chomping on his meal that across his table, there was this old couple, right? Old man, old woman. And so he started eating. And he noticed that they were sharing one meal, right? It's lunchtime. So he leaned over out of kindness and concern. He's like, uh, hello, you know, can I offer to buy you a meal? Right, because, you know, I see that you're, you're sharing one. And the, the old man said, no, no, it's okay. We share everything, right? We share all the things we use, including our meal. And so the truck driver con continued eating his meal. And when he was about halfway done, he noticed that the old woman was not eating or saying anything. She was just sitting there looking at her husband eating the Burger King meal. And so he got concerned again. Ha, very good citizen. He got concerned again. He leaned across the table and he said, are you sure I can't buy a meal for you? Uh, you know, your wife's not eating. And so the, the lady, uh, she like smiled, she was toothless. And the, the man was like, you know, um, don't worry, you know, it's okay, we're, 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 we're fine. Uh, we, one meal is all we need, she will eat later. And so by this time, the truck driver has finished eating, right? And then he's like, mm, 
something wrong. Always men not feeding the wife, right? The wife's watching and eating. And so he leans across one last time and he like very adamantly said, you know, I insist, you know, can I buy you something? He was looking at the old woman. The old woman didn't answer. So the old man said, you know, no, 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 it's okay. It's really okay. And this, by this point, the old woman finally said something. And she said, it's okay. I'm waiting for the teeth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, some days are lame joke days. And I decided today is Janice's lame joke day. Uh, and so one of the, <laughs> one, <laughs> one, <laughs> love it, thank you, thank you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, uh, you know, one of them who likes lame jokes in my life group, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this week was chicken fest week, it was all about chickens. Uh, anyway, so one of the hardest things in life to do, isn't it, is waiting. Right, But it is one of the most crucial things to do, and so we're talking about in the waiting space. Let me read you uh, uh, an excerpt about an article called Why Waiting is Torture. And this was uh, published some years ago. And it says here an instance that happened with uh, some people at Houston Airport. Okay? Some of you are not sure whether you've seen this. So this guy who wrote it, Alex Stone, he writes, the experience of waiting, whether for luggage or groceries, is defined only partly by the objective length of the wait. And this is his example. At the Houston airport, some executives were receiving a large amount of complaints about waiting at baggage claim. Now, when the executives analyzed the data, they found that on average, passengers spent one minute getting from their arrival gate to baggage claim. Just one minute. That's great, right? At baggage claim, they spent seven minutes waiting for their bags. The solution, after a lot of study and stuff like that, the airport moved the arrival gate further away from the baggage claim. Now, now we know, okay, why they put you at the last gate when you're, you know, the other gates are not being used. Um, occupied time, right, feels shorter than unoccupied time. Instead of waiting at baggage claim, passengers spent that idle time walking, right, to the carousel. Complaints disappeared overnight. Ta-da, right. Occupied time, walking to the baggage claim, feels shorter than unoccupied time. Compared to standing at the carousel, same number, of, same amount of time, they would prefer walking further. Right? Research on queuing has shown that on average, people overestimate how long they've waited by about 36%. Now, this explains why you know, people would often pick shorter moving lines and longer, obviously, faster moving lines, or you know, the supermarkets earn so much by putting a lot of stuff along the way to your register. Anything to stay occupied, right? Oh, you know, you didn't need it, but okay, lah, you know. Then you stuff your bus bucket, bu basket full of it. Or why mirrors are next to elevators or inside, right? Anything to distract ourselves while we wait. We want to feel occupied as opposed to unoccupied and uncertain, right? And that really is my experience, and I think most of us. And so we're talking about in the waiting space this morning. Now, what does it mean for us as a people? And what does God want us to learn today? Now, as a people who are people of God, we are a people who are to learn to wait on God. 
right? I'll start with that. I think it's crucial. It's one of the most the hardest but most crucial things for us to learn as people of faith in our life of faith. And we see examples of this from scripture, right? It's a constant refrain, especially in Psalms. And I think of, you know, the 400 years of silence, right, between Old and New Testament. Man, that's long, okay? That, that's a long wait. Abraham and Sarah got tired of waiting for the descendants as many as the grains of sand, right? And so they proceeded to take matters into their own hands, didn't they? Uh, David versus Saul learned to, David learned to wait. Even when the conditions were very right for him to take over, right? I mean, it was clearly God's favor and anointing was on David. Uh, you know, the, the, it, as it were, like, things were all aligned. It was okay. It would have been totally fine for him to take over the throne. But he waited, right? He did not uh, murder Saul. Think of um, how the people of God sought guidance. We see this in Psalm 25, verse 5. Let, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. People of God uh, wait for deliverance of God in Psalm 33, verse 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Third one. We wait for answers, answers to our prayers, right? Uh, Psalm 38, verse 15. But for you, O Lord, do I wait? It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer, right? We wait for strength, Isaiah 40, 31. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, right? We know this verse. We wait for assurance, Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Father, we pray this morning that you teach us to wait. Not just teach us to wait because we have to, uh, but wait well. Embrace seasons of waiting in our lives uh, individually. Or embrace, you know, a period or season of waiting as a church for what you want to do up ahead. And a, this time of just perpetual waiting, longing for your return. Justice, learning to wait well, learning to be faithful in service even as we wait and fervent to seek you even as we wait. We pray today, speak to us right where we are in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've talked about how we wait right, for guidance, deliverance, assurance, answers to prayer. We wait for all kinds of things, for answers, provision, supply, a breakthrough. Right? There is a, 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 a notion of like sacredness of waiting. There was a time, uh, a season back in 2013, about nine years ago, um, that Matt and I took a few months uh, to wait together. And this was a, a, a transition period. We were in a transition period, and we picked up this book called Sacred Waiting, Waiting on God in a World That Waits for Nothing. Right? Long title. But it was, uh, you know, it was great. It was just going through chapter by chapter, studying different Bible characters uh, with each chapter, how each character we learn from the Bible learn to wait 
and the things that God was doing uniquely in their lives as they waited. And that period of time was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of healing that I, I, I was undergoing uh, as a person, as a pastor, uh, as, a, as a Christian, right? Just, just all these things God was uh, working in my life. And it was a season because of that waiting to revisit what a life of significance looks like for me, right? Uh, and and uh, it was in that season where God also opened up a very clear way for Matt to explore an area of a contribution for him and his calling. It was a season where we both needed to learn to transition well, right? And that was, um, it was not like all flowery and all, but it was a great period of formation uh, for me and for us. And we're still going through that, right, even as a couple. And all of us will go through seasons of that in life. And, and so what happens is that we recognize that, we must recognize as a people of God, that waiting is not optional. It's mandatory. It's, in fact, compulsory for your syllabus, right? As disciples, it is crucial for our lives. And what does the Bible teach us about waiting? We look at waiting on God with two uh, key words. One is the word kava. Kava. A people who wait on God, we're reminded with the word kava. It's translated into wait, oftentimes. But it also has all these shades of meaning, right? It means to look for, hope. Expect, look eagerly for, to lie in wait for, like, you know, an uh, animal ready to pounce. Wait, to be gathered, collected. Interestingly, uh, you will see that this same word is used uh, at least 49 times uh, in some versions of the Bible. And it's used in Isaiah 14 times out of that. Jeremiah 7, Job 5. Man, Job waited, didn't he? He had tough waiting. Micah, Hosea used one, Psalms 14 times, Genesis, noteworthy, twice. Actually, the first mention of the word kavah was Genesis 1, where it was talking about the waters were gathered, collected, and sort of almost this sense of anticipation for God's word to come and create creatures in the waters and make seas out of them. You see that? Kava, right? Genesis 1. Uh, and you, we see another word uh, called Yahal, right? And this word uh, is also translated into wait, or more often it's translated to the word hope. 41 times in Old Testament, hope. Or the notion to cause to wait, or a tarrying, a tarrying. So think of when uh, Noah released the dove and waited for the dove to come back for seven days. He waited. He um, yahal seven days. Right. He was waiting for it to come. Tarrying. Uh, it also means trust. Right. This word. It also means to be patient. And I draw from these two words because we're looking at Psalm 130. Just two verses from here. Psalm 130 reads like this, 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Now in this verse, actually if you read the whole psalm, it's quite short, eight verses. It starts off from the first verse. It says, 
out of the depths of my soul, I cry out to you. So you have this sense of the entire psalm is a psalm of waiting on the Lord. And so here the psalmist is saying, I wait for you more than watchmen for the morning. What does that mean? Uh, John Owens, a, a pastor in 17th century, puts it this way. It's like sailors, you know, tossed about in the stormy seas, but sustained in hope by the glimpse of a land far off, okay? So you're, the, 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 the way to that is so rocky, so turbulent, but just a slight glimpse, and that is what they, yahal, they are expectantly looking because of the glimpse of land that they see. And you, you see how here it repeats, in more than watchmen for the morning. How many of you, us have stayed up all night besides Black Friday? For, <laughs> for like a morning, like sunrise. Have you ever uh, gone someplace and, you know, woke up real early, bundled up, it's chilly, you brought your coffee and your maybe camping chair, and you sit there and wait for sunrise? Well, no hands, oh. What? Okay, okay maybe some. Okay, I see two. I saw two. Right. I'm sure there are more. You're just being modest. Oh, no, you know, shy, shy. Okay. But there's this uh, notion of if you were a watchman waiting for the morning, there is a certainty morning will come, right? Yeah. It's not like, I don't know, the morning will come. It will come. But yet you are anticipating. Are you eagerly waiting because it won't come? No, you're eagerly waiting because you have faith that it will come. Morning will surely come. And so picture your, yourself as a watchman. doesn't matter you're a watchman of any kind, right? You're, uh, you know, security somewhere or you're at the gantry or whatever. You're watching for something with this certainty. Morning will come, right? Morning is going to come. Jerry Packer writes it uh, like this. Wait on the Lord is a constant refrain in the Psalms. It's a necessary word for God often keeps us waiting. He is not in such a hurry as we are. And it's not his way to give more light on the future than we need for action in the present or to guide us more than one step. When in doubt, continue to wait on God. Light will come. Eager, active process of waiting. Pete Gregg puts it this way. Waiting on God, according to scripture, is not a passive, vacuous state, but rather an active process of asking, seeking, and engaging with His Spirit. This eager expectation. So I'll put it in a sentence. Waiting on God is to have eager expectation, which is the words that Pastor Andre used even as we were preparing for communion. We will wait on God is to have eager expectation and patient hope in God's trustworthiness. His nature is He can be trusted. And in His timing. We put our expectation and our hope and that we can be patient because he is trustworthy and his timing is impeccable. That's God, right? So what does that mean for us? Now, I want to say in the waiting space, if you find yourself in a waiting space, and I'd say in some sense, all of us are waiting for something with regard to God. Not just you are in that waiting room. God is in there. A God who works in our waiting. 
What does it mean being in the waiting space? Now, how do you know you're in the waiting? Uncertainty. You've got a lot of questions more than ever. You feel restless. Um, maybe like there's crossroad that either you're currently at or it's up ahead and you see it coming. You're waiting. Or there's a sense of, you know, you, you're seeking clarity about something, right? Uh, or there are words, whether it's prophetic words or God's promises, unrealized. You're waiting. Where? Okay. And it's interesting because, you know, a few weeks ago, we've been uh, going through some great messages on forgiveness and hospitality by Pat. Uh, before that, there was a week when we delved into Isaiah 49 and we talked about how many of us feel forsaken by God. And it's interesting because I realized that maybe, you know, while I thought more people would feel that, actually I think a more general sense, maybe you don't feel forsaken, but there's a general sense that God has you waiting for something, right? Even if you know, you know he hasn't forsaken you, but he's got you waiting for something. And so what does that look like? There's a hope that's being deferred, maybe, right? There is a restlessness, there's dreams and hopes that have yet to be fulfilled. Or there's prayers unanswered. There's a breakthrough you've been seeking, or you're kind of like, ah, I don't know when that's coming. Maybe it's not going to come, right? When you're restless, when you're in that waiting space, guys, it's not if, it's when, when you're in that awareness, it's not, it's not um, optional, right? Remember, we said it's compulsory. You can stay fervent in presence and faithful in service. This is what I've learned. What is that? We can stay in the waiting, fervent in presence and faithful in service, right? What that looks like is I'm just going to show up. I don't mean just Sunday service. I'm just going to show up, okay? What God has me doing I continue to do, right? I continue being present um, to what's going on inside me, going present, being present with what God is showing me or what God has been using me to do. I stay present in that, in my current station in life. I stay present and I continue serving, right? Faithfully, whatever that may look like. And we can do that is because God is at work. And I want you to know that you can do that because God is at work. You're not in that waiting space alone. We're not a people waiting for a not sure, maybe, iffy kind of thing. We are waiting for the, the break of dawn. We are waiting for that morning. But, you know, our hang-ups is all these things. We've got all these hang-ups. When it comes to waiting, why it's so hard? Well, besides that article, really, actually, I thought I, I pulled up this fun infographic thing. I think we've mentioned this in, in a like, sermon a long time ago. I think Pat mentioned it. But I, I revisited this again. And I, find, I don't know how I feel about me having attention span of shorter than a goldfish. <laughs> right? That's essentially what it's saying. In a span of 15 years, the blue uh, part, our attention span, the average, in the year 2000 was 12 seconds. 15 years later now, 8.25 seconds. Basically shorter than that of a goldfish. <laughs> just, just, 
you know, just picture yourself having less ability to focus on something less than a goldfish. And so, you know, we wait for 8.25 seconds and we're like, okay, God's not showing up, right? We mistake God's patience and His long attention span for His absence or His inability to act, right? And that's our hang-up. We mistake that. We forget that God does not operate on the timing that we do. His clock is different, far more superior, right? Totally beyond our constructs of time and space. God does not function the way we do, right? He is multi, like beyond our dimensions, right? That's God. Our hang-up is another one is we like control. I don't say you don't. I know you do. In some way, right? We Maybe you're not a control freak like some people, but all of us have issues when everything's out of your control. How do you feel? Oh, I love it. No, right? We all like control. We all like some sense of autonomy, agency over the things we want to have a say in. We want to have control in. And so waiting makes us feel out of control. I cannot make it happen. You know, at one time I, I was reflecting on this while watching a, a, a dew drop on a, on a flower or a leaf, on a plant. Uh, I was just waiting for it to drop and like that urge to just, I help you lah, okay? It was going to drop onto the ground. <laughs> and you just, and it, it just struck me. Man, I can't even let the poor dew drop fall on its own. I need to make things happen. Now, if you're not like me, think again. Okay, there's something in your life if for you is not due drop, it's something else. Okay, some something or other in our lives we like to be able to control whether the process, the timing, the outcome, whatever it is, we like control, certainty. Uh, that, that's why we do a lot of the decisions that we make. Another hang up we have is we prefer resolution. This is unfair. I want to resolve this injustice right now. Right? This is not fair. Whether it's for you or for someone else, we cannot wait for God's justice. No. I need to bring it about in this situation. Vengeance is mine. Okay? That's, not, that's what for God to say. Right? God says, vengeance is mine. But we think any action is better than no action. Right? <clears throat> I'm going to venture to attempt this. But there's a story that is very funny to me, okay? So there was this plane, right? Because I'm flying later, so a lot of uh, plane and travel jokes. But so there's this plane, and then the people, the passengers were waiting in, 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 in there to, for it to fly. But then uh, the, they heard the engine being turned off, and there was a voice on the speakerphone. And the, head, the air hostess says, you know, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. They basically announced that, okay, the, the pilot heard a sound, uh, in the engine and decided that the plane's not safe to be flown and so he has an issue with that he wants it fixed or he wouldn't fly. So they said, you know, please, ladies and gentlemen, please wait. Okay, we'll fix this problem. So what happens was then, about an hour later, uh, the passengers found that, okay, you know, they begin taxiing. And so in a matter of minutes, they are airborne, flo flown, started flying already in, in the air already. And then one of the passengers was like calling the air hostess, excuse me, uh, you, 
that's great. You guys managed to fix the problem within an hour, right? And then the air hostess says, oh, no, no, no. Uh, we just, you know, we managed to find within that one hour a pilot who with, who's willing to fly the plane. Um, <laughs> despite, you know, we couldn't fix the engine, but we got a new pilot, basically, right? Uh, it's funny. You wouldn't want to be on that plane. But actually, that's how we do a lot of decisions in our lives, right? We just don't want to wait. Any action is better than no action, even though it is foolish, folly, you know. And sometimes we presume maybe, oh, it's not that bad, lah. the crash won't be that bad, right? Okay, just get going already, lah, right? <laughs> Try that. If you were the passenger, you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't think that way. But that is how we behave. We want resolution more than waiting, more than that like uncertainty or is revelation going to come? Is there going to be a good time? Now is as good a time as any, right? That's our hang-up. And so I put it this way, I think our long-view game is weak. We just don't understand how to take the long view in our lives, right? Not just you, but me as well. If you look back on all our lives, it feels so long. Wow, I'm 42 this year. When's this going to happen, God? When's this going to happen? 20 years ago, you said, did I just tell my age to everybody? Okay. <laughs> that it, <laughs> we go like, wow, you know, when's this going to happen? 20 years ago, you said this. You know, some people uh, spoke this over me. And like, I don't see any, any sort of resemblance with my life right now. Like, oh, God, what's happening? Right, we were waiting. But... I once heard someone who said, you know, I, I know I waited for God for 21 years because God would have me wait until my daughter was 21 years old. Do you get 21 years old in two years? Speed waiting? No, right? There are some things that you just need to give time for, right? We just need to learn to wait for it. And that is still no less destiny preparatory than if you try to speed it up. Wait for God. God is at work. He is working even when you don't know what exactly He's doing. He is preparing you. He is working in you. He's already working through you. I'm not talking about, oh, my whole life is just like that one goal and then I'm just all about waiting to reach that one goal. No, there are things now that God is already accomplishing even as we allow Him to teach us to wait, to be fervent in presence, showing up, and faithful in service even when it gets arduous, even when it gets mundane, even when it gets looks insignificant or you don't see how it's contributive to the common good even so god is at work g campbell morgan writes this waiting for god is not going to sleep waiting for god is not the abandonment of effort waiting for god means first activity under command second readiness for any new command that may come and third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Now, I know this may come, needs to come with a bit of caveat now, case by case, whatever situation you find yourself, I mean, does doing nothing or just do nothing? No, it is an eager, active waiting. So that doesn't look like sloth, 
It doesn't look like laziness. I'm just gonna lie around, like wait for things to happen to me. No, 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 no. We waiting expectantly means you're engaging with the spirit, right? It is a process and we are active, we are present, we are serving. That's what, how it's different. Now how, so one thing is knowing where, when you're in the waiting, and we are, is how do we wait well, right? Romans 8, 24 to 25, uh, this version, interesting, Philip's translation, it says it towards the end, you know, but if we hope for something we cannot see, then we must settle down to wait for it in patience. Sometimes we're like, okay, I wait, 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 two minutes pass. Cannot settle down. Right? But this verse reminds us to settle down, to wait for impatience. Waiting well means that it requires faith, it requires patience. Patience being power to engage, a choice to engage with God. Patience not being absence of action, but making it an issue of timing. Right? A presence at the right time to act. That the moment you see the break of dawn, okay, uh -huh, that's, that's my cue. And the right things that God would say needs to happen in the right way with the right people. This is learning to wait well. Man, I have so much to learn uh, uh, from here. Waiting in the waiting space, not alone, but with God, is a relational trust. It is that kind of enduring faith. A relational trust because, you know, it's not just I'm waiting for this to happen, but I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting on God. Who is God to me? He is that who makes things happen. The way they should. He's the one that preps me the way I need to be prepped. And I'm in the waiting space. I'm growing. I'm not just being here, stuck here, no choice. But I'm embracing, I'm growing here with God because I can see this is an issue of relational trust. Who is God to me? Picture it like a dance. How many of you like dancing? One hand. Okay, Fel, it's you and me. <laughs> I can't believe it. What? Dancing is so therapeutic, so fun. Can we do dance night? Yeah. <laughs> but you're just not participating with me today, seriously. Sunrise? No. Dance? Just us. Picture it like a dance, okay? Since y'all not fancy dancing, I'll read TD Jakes for you. TD Jakes. I love TD Jakes. So, okay. Is it just me again? Never mind. I, don't, I, I won't ask. If you're going to be successful in dance, you must be able to respond to rhythm and timing. It's the same in the spirit. People who don't understand God's timing become spiritually spastic. You're trying to, <laughs> trying to make the right things happen at the wrong time. They don't get his rhythm. No other people can tell they're out of step. Oh, sorry. And other people can tell they're out of step. They birth things prematurely threatening the very lives of their God-given dreams. Dancing holds a special place in my heart because I used to dance with my dad growing up. And he would always teach me timing, the moves, timing. Uh, the time between your movements and when you don't move makes the dance beautiful. 
right? It's the same with music, right? Picture it like that. You and God in relational trust, letting him give the cue, learning the space where you and God are in and navigating it together, getting his sense of rhythm, his timing. Picture it like a gardener, okay? If you, can you speed up a plant's growth? Maybe with some, I don't know, plant steroids or something, but, <laughs> but that's not how, that's not where we're going, no. Why, why, did, why did I? Uh, but, you know, you cannot speed up a plant's growth. It, it grows the way it does. A bonsai tree will take as long as it needs to be shaped into what it needs to be shaped into. You cannot rush out of your waiting, right? Trust Dietrich Bonhoeffer to put it this way. This is the longest and probably last quote. You guys with me? You guys okay? Waiting is an art that our impatient age has forgotten. It wants to break open the ripe fruit when it has hardly finished planting the shoot. But all too often, the greedy eyes are only deceived. The fruit that seems so precious is still green on the inside. And the disrespected hands would ungratefully toss aside what has disappointed them. Whoever does not know the austere blessedness of waiting, that is of hopefully doing without, will never experience the full blessing of fulfillment. There's a lot to think through there. I realize some of us are waiting for things that are a lot more painful than I can understand. And I, I would say that. And, and I don't presume to make light of what some of you are waiting for, have been waiting for, you have cried over, you've anguished over these waiting uh, in ways I may never be able to understand. But, you know, I guess that encouragement this morning God would have us remember is that he is in the waiting space with you. And while I say that, you know, we can, in our learning to wait, we can be fervent in presence and faithful in service. It is not without tears and sorrow and struggle. I recognize that. And so I would have you bring that to God even as I attempt to close soon. Is, is, here's my waiting. Like, God... This is, this is my waiting right now. Whatever that's foremost on your heart, whether it is a longing uh, for hope uh, for you or for you as a family or a, a waiting for a breakthrough of some sort that, that you've been praying for um, that you struggle to, have, to keep faith in. Or it is a waiting for, you know, God, for you to break in to this situation. You said you would. One of the hardest, I'll repeat, and yet most crucial thing in our life is waiting. And this morning, God um, would remind us 
that he's with us in the waiting space. There are things that you can do, you and I can do, to train ourselves to wait well, sitting with him, lamenting with him, processing with him, silence and solitude keeps me alive. Um, fasting, things that force us to slow down, things that force is probably not a great word, things that be can become the means of grace by which we counter our hang-ups, our need for control, our tendency to be anxious, slow down, meditate, uh, our need for certainty, our need to uh, constantly be doing, fast. Have solidarity with others. Think about others. Things that uh, would help us to counter uh, a need to have answers sometimes. Or just to learn to embrace what we cannot understand. Solitude. Spiritual practices that help counter our hang-ups is what will help us to wait well. And so with the remaining time, I just kind of skip through the last bit. If you want to, you can look at the slides about those practices more. But I felt God wants to bring us somewhere. So this was during worship, so I'm going to try. Now with these, uh, what we can do in the waiting space is we can embrace it and ask God would train us in faith and patience because we're not alone. Lamentations 3 uh, is a verse that's very familiar. And it tells us, you know, to this I call, this I call to mind and I, therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 23, they are new every morning. Like more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning, Psalm 130. And that is new every morning. God would have a newness for you every dawn, every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will have hope. The Lord is good to those who wait, to those who seek Him. It is good to wait quietly. Read Isaiah 30, 18, last verse, and then we'll end. The Lord is waiting to be merciful to you. Isn't that beautiful? Do you catch that? We, we feel we're waiting, right? It's torturous. God. This is like unoccupied time. I need to be doing something. But God will have you wait. But this verse tells you the Lord is waiting to show you his stuff. God is in the waiting with you. And God is at work in your waiting. Would you stand with me? And this morning I felt God wanted to give us an invitation as a church. I'll try to be short uh, so that we have time to respond with the worship team in song. But this is what I felt God remind me of to say and to share with us.
And this season, we as a church, I, I, so I'm speaking to all of us here, um, especially, you know, how to say, for the last few months, and in here my heart, uh, it's not going to be most processed, it's quite raw. For the last few months, we've been kind of focusing a lot on like, hey, you know, uh, we've got, um, we're, we're, we're back in person, and we've got many new people in our midst and stuff like that. But this morning, I want you to take away the new people and the older, the ones that have been around, the old people, I don't mean age, okay? But you know what I mean. Old people and new people, take that out of your mind and just think of us as one church, okay? We are one. And God would have us be waiting on Him in this season for what is up ahead. And... You know, many of us, we can sense that there is stuff up ahead, good stuff. Amazing stuff God wants to do in us and through us. And I pray you're each increasingly resonating with that because we are needing to lean in and listen. God, what are you doing in our waiting as the city? What is God calling us to wait for? What are we waiting on God for? God wants to show us. God wants to speak to us about it. He wants to get us ready for that. And so this season, we need to lean in and be waiting intentionally. And we're not just waiting um, for Pastor Andre. We're not just waiting for... Uh, Janice or whoever, we're not waiting for programs, we're not waiting for measures, no. We are waiting on God in this season for something and God wants to do it, He's preparing us for it. Don't ask me what exactly, we're figuring it out together, but we need to lean in and listen. We need to engage with God. How many of you resonate with that, that God is wanting us to lean in and He's, he's telling us something. He wants to shape the city for something up ahead. And this is a time when God is speaking to us as one, and we need to hear Him together. So I guess my, my, my invitation that I feel God wants to, to give is this morning, would we stand together as a church and say, God, we're here, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you together, collectively not for our own breakthroughs, but for our breakthrough together. And so even as you stand, as we sing, make that your heart's desire, I pray. And God, we say yes to you and what you want to do and how you want to shape us as your people. As we wait, help us to partner with your work in the waiting. In Jesus' name we pray.